Hello again, my friends. Happy Friday. We have got a special one for you today, a very special announcement. Today, I am so very excited and so very proud to help announce the second show that we're gonna be adding to the Pillars Podcast Network. That's right, we are expanding the team. And what great new teammates we've added. The new show that we are adding to the network as part of the Pillars family is going to be called Trail Society. This show is gonna be co-hosted by three superstar trail runners who I'm sure you're all very familiar with. Great trail runners who also happen to have extremely powerful brains and tons of charisma. That is co-hosts, Keely Henninger, Corinne Malcolm, and Hillary Allen. And in this episode, I sit down with the three of them and allow them to explain the vision for the show, how the idea came about, and what impact they hope to have so you can all hear from them what they plan to do with this great new platform in just a couple of minutes. Before we get to it, I just wanna say that this makes me so happy. I've been so eager to put this out into the world. We've been working on it for a few months now. And as I say all the time here on the show and in other places, the goal, the mission behind everything that I'm doing right now is to help in whatever way I can to push trail running into a prosperous and successful next generation while still celebrating the spirit and culture that makes it the best sport in the world. And in line with this personal mission, I also feel an obligation, a responsibility to elevate the conversation in our sport, to preach the gospel of trail running and where I can, to lift and amplify other strong, intelligent voices who are similarly passionate about moving the sport forward. Keely, Corinne, and Hillary have all been friends of mine for a while. They've all been guests on this podcast, and they all represent, I think, the present and future of our sport. And I think together, they can be great leaders in the next generation, particularly to the next generation of female ultra runners. Again, I will let them explain everything themselves, but please do go subscribe to Trail Society. There is a link in the show notes and the first episode should be dropping on Monday next week. So in just a couple of days, please do go support them. Go subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you use. It should be active on all of them. And I personally can't wait to see what they put together as a team. This episode is kind of a two-parter, so after the 12-minute conversation with the three of them, stick around for a conversation between just myself and Corinne Malcolm as we break down some of the latest news in trail running, in particular, the recent changes to the golden ticket races for the Western States 100 and the professional fields who will be duking it out in Chamonix at the Ultra Trail de Mont Blanc, taking place just three weeks from today. So stick around for the news segment of this podcast as well. That will play right after the Trail Society announcement, which we will get to now. Thank you all for listening. 
Okay, everyone, I am joined by Keely Henninger, Corinne Malcolm, and Hillary Allen, the three spectacular co-hosts of the Trail Society, the newest podcast in trail and ultra running, and the first show that we are adding to the Pillars Network here. Over the past year, I've been very excited about a lot of different things that I've been working on, but I think this might be the top of the list in terms of things that I'm excited about, things that I am proud to be a part of and to help with, at least in some small way. Uh, so welcome, Corinne, Keely, Hillary. It's great to see you. I want to just do a, a quick introduction to your guys' new show, give people an introduction to what they can expect and how to find it. So we'll do that now, maybe starting with Corinne. Corinne, maybe if you could just provide a quick introduction to the show, tell the people what they can expect, where the idea for the show came from, and uh, what you guys have planned. Yeah, so we're really excited to bring hopefully a new set of voices to the trail and ultra running podcast space. Um, I think many of us have probably heard like there are a bunch of guys doing this. Why don't we get some some other folks to to jump in and, and provide some different commentary? And I actually think that Keely was really kind of the the instigator of getting the three of us together. She's worked with you on other projects um, and kind of prodded. Hillary and I to to join on in this collaboration with Trail Society, being this community um, podcast that we can put out where we can dive in and provide hopefully some context to the pulse of what's going on in trail running. But at the same time, you know, we're we're three women. We want our voices to be inclusive um, and kind of speak to that community, um, hence the society vibe of the show. But it's probably going to be very science heavy. The three of us are big nerds. It's probably going to um, oftentimes steer maybe towards um, female and women inclusive topics because we happen to be three women in the sport. Um, but I don't think we want to limit who who our audience is at all. So we're hoping that we can approach topics and, and current events in the sport just with a slightly different lens, just, you know, being being the group of us coming together to to have those conversations and be that, I don't know, hopefully a new voice for everyone to to enjoy a couple, you know, a couple times a month. Yes, terrific. Keely, anything to add to that? Also, I'm curious where the name came from. You haven't disclosed where that came from to me yet, but I'd love to hear the, the origins behind that. Anything you have to add to uh, what Corinne mentioned? Sure, yeah. I mean, I think I might have been the instigator, but these two ladies are obviously women who are also very good at talking about ultra and trail running, as well as lending their opinions on a lot of the bigger issues. And I think what got me really fired up about this was working with you on a lot of things. I think you were kind of shocked about a lot of the topics that I was talking about. And it kind of got me thinking that like, well, why don't we talk about this? And I think the three of us have been in the sport long enough now, as well as have a pretty heavy science background that I think we can start talking about a lot of different issues um, that maybe aren't talked about a lot and really put cool new perspectives on a lot of these topics. Um, and so when we were thinking about a name, we wanted to make it feel really inclusive as well as really hone in on trail running as our community. And so we thought that there'd be no better way to kind of name that than Trail Society, which is hopefully being very inclusive and making people feel like we're all one big family in this and that we can talk through all of the amazing times as well as all of the really hard times that we encounter in our sport. 
Terrific. And Hillary, you are also, uh, as Corinne and Keely mentioned, also a very science-oriented person, another great voice uh, for trail running in particular, and a great advocate for women in trail running. Is there anything you want to add just in terms of how all this came together and uh, what you hope to bring to the show? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm thrilled. I was incredibly honored and just excited. Um, when, I mean, Keely, you and, and Corinne, we all kind of came together um, and you presented me with this idea. I honestly think that this has been years in the making. I think it's a voice that I think everyone needs. Uh, like we mentioned, the Trail Society, it's it's all of us as a whole collectively as a trail family um, that we've needed for a long time. And honestly, I think I remember Corinne and I were out on a run um, at SFRC and we started talking about periods and training and like kind of the cycles that women go through and how we, we share this, we shared the same coach, Adam St. Pierre and um, how he tracks that for us and how that plays into our our training schedule. And I remember there's a couple Mm. guys with us and they're just like, Oh man, I am learning so much right now. And I think Corinne and I turned to each other. We're like, if we just recorded this on a podcast, like what would we call it? Like, this is really cool. Like we need to talk about this stuff. And so I know both Corinne and I were coaches and it's one of my favorite things actually to coach women, because as I'm learning about myself in real time, as an athlete, as a scientist, applying these things that I read in these papers, um, this is something that I want to share, not only with the athletes that I coach, but with everyone. And I think Keely's the same way. She like, we're all a bunch of science nerds. And I think that that's that's where this podcast is going to be based, um, based upon. Um, and I think it's just really useful information that women can benefit from and also men, um, and to kind of talk about these issues that are presenting themselves now in the trail running community. Yeah. Well, I will be your biggest fan, your first subscriber, and probably your most loyal listener. I can't wait to hear what you guys put together. Keely, let's talk a little bit about the format of the show because this was kind of your idea. Um, it's going to be different than mine where my show is very much kind of one-on-one, usually more X's and O's heavy, more interview style. Your show is going to be different. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So our our idea for this show is to really keep the the voice the same across all of our episodes. And so we really want to focus it on the three of us bringing up a lot of really relevant topics and just discussing them in in great detail every single week or every other week, whenever we do post the podcast. And our thought behind this was just to keep the, the, the viewer engaged as well as keeping them kind of like knowing what they're getting every week. And then over time we might be bringing in extra guests as we see fit, but I really like gained some like motivation or I guess like some inspiration off of the all in podcast where they keep the same four people every week. And you're kind of just like sitting on the edge of your seat, waiting for their next podcast to launch because you kind of get invested in this group, this group dynamic, and they all have their own opinions and they all respect each other's opinions so much that it really makes for a great dialogue. And I think between the three of us, we can really start to shape and change the narrative around this sport to be really inclusive and to really give the listeners like something to look forward to every week. I love it. It's brilliant. I love how it's going to be sort of like a round table with the same three co-hosts every day, riffing on different subjects, occasionally bringing in other characters, personalities, brains from our awesome community. 
And uh, I just love the format. I think it's going to be different, unique, and uh, you guys are going to have a, an awesome voice to, to share with, with our sport. So I've also been lucky to have a glimpse into the share document that you guys put together. You have sort of an outline for the first couple episodes. You're way more organized than I am with my show. Uh, maybe Corinne, do you want to talk a little bit about some of the topics that you guys plan to cover? Just a quick preview of some of the things that people can look forward to. Yeah. So we can give, give a teaser. Um, and I'll say too, that we have like so many names for the show that ended up on the, on the cutting room floor. Most of them were like involved heavy puns. And so we, we <laughs> settled on something, I think a little bit um, tamer per se, um, yeah. which I think is good. I think it's, it's great. But so we um, coming up, we, we're going to start with two very timely episodes. Um, we're not going to hit you a science right out of the gate is our plan. We'll, we'll ease you into science. Um, I think over the next couple of weeks, but we're going to start talking. We just came off of Hard Rock, um, where the board had a really important announcement about trying to represent the percentage of women in the lottery in the actual field. So we're going to talk about equity and equality um, in the sport of ultra running, focusing around that announcement um, and some other races that have happened recently. And then I think we're going to ease our way into talking about some science. There's a really great um, paper that we've pulled by Nick Tiller that talks about female physiology and ultra endurance sports. Um, and so we're going to kind of use Western states as our setup for that, which was a really astounding performance by a large group of women, um, which I'm really excited to talk about. So we're going to, there'll be science, um, there'll be different topics. Some of, some things are going to be really time sensitive, i.e. something that happened really recently and relevantly in our sport, like the Olympics going on um, and sanctions going on within that drug testing, that kind of thing. Um, and other things that maybe are something that we just found interesting that we've shared amongst our little group. And we're going to kind of dig into um, any given week, which I think will be really exciting because we're going to get kind of hot takes on current topics. And I think we're going to surprise ourselves with like, you know, we, we are all very, very opinionated individuals and some of those opinions might align and some of those opinions might be more nuanced or, you know, very, very adjacent. So um, it'll be really interesting to see how that, how that pans out. But yes, we have gotten our first two episodes organized and we're so excited to start recording um, later this week. Heck yeah. And what do we think about the frequency of the show? Obviously this could change in the future, but what do you guys have planned uh, in terms of how often will you be planning to put out episodes and uh, yeah, what can people expect? I'll answer. Um, uh, we're, we're aiming for bi-monthly. I think every two weeks is a is a good check-in point. Um, but you know, kind of like Corinne said to have like a pulse on, on, on current events and, you know, maybe we can add in a, a current event, uh, podcast if we're, you know, raring to go to talk about a topic, which considering the three of us, I would expect might happen. <laughs> yes. You'll probably end up recording a lot more often than you, than you plan to. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, sometimes like me, I, I go hot and I can't stop recording podcasts for like two weeks and then take a couple of weeks off. But either way, whenever you put out this content, I am going to be anxiously pressing play on my podcast recorder on my iPhone. And I'm so excited to be part of this. I'm so thrilled to see what the three of you do together. And I'm really proud to be a uh, part of it in some small way. So to our listeners here, please go subscribe to Trail Society. You'll be able to find it on any podcast player, 
Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, any number of podcast players that you prefer, please do go find them, support them. Uh, we're going to have a trailer out. You can listen to that too. We have to give a shout out also to our producer, Mr. Ryan Thrower, who does my show, who's going to be doing the Trail Society show. Uh, he has been an absolute joy to work with. And so we've got a great team assembled. And I just want to say one of the things that I am so excited about is just to help lift the voices of the present and future of our sport and help to move this sport into the next generation, which is what I've been trying to do with my show a lot with what we're working on at Pillars. And I'm so happy to have the three of you guys on board and uh, we'll look forward to listening to the first episode very soon. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Yay. <laughs> <laughs>
or, or uh, collaboration, let's call it. Sure. And so this will allow Western states to hopefully bring in international racers by having races that are in like that are in Europe and in um, New Zealand to continue to that flavor that Ultra Trail World Tour has brought into Western states over the past, you know, let's say five years. So that I think is huge. Those races include this year's UTMB. So just in, you know, 18 days, um, big, that's big, big news in part because it's a European race. And secondly, because it's not in the year of Western States. So someone could make the race this August and know that next June they are racing Western States. I think that this is really important because, you know, there's a lot of drama about, and we can dive into this more. So, okay, let's take a step back. The races that are golden ticket races this year are for the 2022 Western States are UTMB, La Tempieres, which is in October in France, fast race, um, Havelina hundred new, new golden ticket race, um, in Arizona, um, Tarawera. What am I? And then we go to Bandera, Bandera and Black Canyon, Black and, Canyon and Canyon's hundred K and Canyon's hundred K. So eight, so seven. I think I, there we go. Seven. <laughs> yeah. Um, my finger counting is not so good for those who can see that, but, um, so three international races, two of which are happening during 2021, not 2022. Um, most of which in the U S are happening on the West West coast or Western side of the country, which is causing some drama for those, those of our East coast listeners, which I totally get. I totally respect but I think if we look at it logically, what this opens up for future golden ticket races is if you are a race sponsored by the title sponsor of Western States, Hoka, and you are 100K or longer, you can have one on the East Coast. And I think the limiting factor before has been it's had to have been in the same year. So you're looking for a spring East Coast 100K, which is harder to come by. Mm-hmm. But now all of a sudden, if you've got a good fall 100k out east and you're sponsored by the title sponsor let's get an east coast golden ticket race like this opens the door for kind of stretching the sense of what our golden ticket race is because traditionally they've been within this short window ahead of the western states buildup as opposed to in the whole year going into western states so i think that is also an interesting component of this that is often overlooked by by runners Totally. Yeah. I I think it's important to recognize the Western States board for constantly trying to innovate and do things that are new and different. And of course the internet being the way that it is, people are loud about the fact that there isn't an East coast race when really the top line reaction should be like, wow, this is an interesting new development Western States continues to be the driving force in our sport in North America, always looking for ways to innovate, to resist stagnation and to make things new and exciting. And I think there's a lot of things that we can kind of speculate about based on this announcement. For me, I thought it was very interesting uh, in that, as you mentioned, UTMB is now a golden ticket race. And that is a quite a fascinating revelation, I think. And being somebody who loves to speculate a little bit, I should say, I have no inside information on this. This is total speculation. But my feeling, Corinne, is that this is the first glimpse 
into some of the new Ironman UTMB races. Because Tara Ware is also an right. Iron uh, an Ironman UTMB like collaboration race as well. I don't know about um, the race in France in October, but I do think that that is like maybe a subtle hint. No, we don't know anything. Right. We're speculating here. We, but. we don't know anything. We're totally speculating. But that is my feeling that the races that are listed here in all likelihood will come under the UTMB World Series banner. What that means entirely uh, is still an open question because I'm sure Western States has not been acquired by UTMB and Ironman. I don't know if these other races have, but to your point, also, if you look at the list, you've got the Havelina 100 presented by Hoka, the Black Canyon uh, 100K presented by Hoka, the Canyons 100K presented by Hoka, uh, and also the Hoka Bandera 100K as well. So four out of those seven races are branded proudly under the Hoka Golden Ticket races, uh, which will then give people an entry into the Western States 100, which of course is also presented by Hoka One One. Which and is their prerogative. That's a hundred percent their prerogative. And I don't like, personally, that's not an affront to me. I don't, I don't take any offense to that. I think it is smart. I think that that is historically how that has predominantly been done as well. And so I think that that is, that should not, in my mind, come as a surprise to anyone. If, if you are paying attention to the sport over the last five years. Yeah. So it, I think the the interesting question here is, will Western states be part of this new UTMB World Series? Or is this just a collaboration between Western states and UTMB that's a little less official and that if you win UTMB, you get automatic entry into Western states the following year. So that's an open question, but remains to be seen. I am also wondering now if, I mean, Hoka is absolutely killing it right now, not only on the athlete team front, but also with, you know, event presence with sponsoring really important races around the world. And also with just subjectively based on my observation with how their product is, is doing in the market. And they have a huge presence year after year after year at, at UTMB as well. Anyone who's been there in recent years, like they literally turned the side of this huge hotel in town blue, you know, like we're talking about two story tall Jim Walmsley's. Like, I think that Hoka has a very strong presence there. And so I'm not surprised that this is kind of linked in together. And, and to be honest too, you know, UTMB has been the controlling force of the ultra trail world tour in many, many ways. And I also think that maybe that is part of the reason why maybe this is not an official Ironman world series collaboration type thing under UTMB, but potentially the fact that Western States has a relationship with the Ultra Trail World Tour and the people who are who have been the Ultra Trail World Tour are the heads of UTMB. So I feel like there's a lot of natural threads there, yep. um, which is, you know, very interesting. So in all likelihood, as you sort of mentioned earlier, this will eliminate the Ultra Trail World Tour spots into the Western States 100. I mean, in all likelihood, maybe they'll 
have some other sort of uh, sponsor spots or um, allow for other ways to qualify based on the elimination of the Ultra Trail World Tour spots. Um, but it seems that with the international presence, with the international races that are now going to be golden ticket events, they're giving athletes who do live abroad the opportunity to race their way into Western states as well. So, I, yeah, I think that's the intention. The intention right. is that now that there will no longer be this ultra trail world tour that has given both international and domestic spots into Western states with the elimination of um, golden ticket races in the past due to wildfire closures and that kind of thing. I think that this is just a direct response to that, that they need to still continue to bring in international athletes in a way that is deemed fair and transparent. And I think that this is a fair and transparent way to continue to bring in, I mean, in theory, unless, you know, a bunch of us go over and, and take all these spots is in theory, this brings in a minimum of six international men and six international women. And I think that that is the goal of these new additions to the ultra to uh, the golden ticket series or the golden ticket races over anything else. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. And to go back to the Hoka thing, it's interesting, I think, because if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure Hoka is the official footwear sponsor of Ironman as well. So another, another thing to speculate about, of course, again, I have no inside information, but is this the final year of the Columbia sponsorship of UTMB? I don't know, but it'll yeah, be interesting to see if uh, potentially Hoka becomes sort of the title sponsor of this new UTMB World Series, um, which we are speculating is this is our first preview of some of the races that are going to be included. Total speculation, but yeah, they, they do. Love their branding. <laughs> they do. Final thing I want to say on this is just to mention uh, the Endurance Trail Templier, which happens in France in October every year. I'm really excited to see this race on the calendar. Um, traditionally, the important race or the most competitive race at Templier uh, is the 75K, roughly 50 miler. It's always effectively been the TNF 50 mile championship equivalent in Europe. A really important race in Europe and especially in France uh, that happens in the end of the season every year in the fall in southern France. Phenomenal race experience. I went back in 2016 and have always sung its praises and always tried to convince my friends and fellow athletes to go over and do it because it's phenomenal. Um, so I'm really excited to see Templier included in this golden Tri ticket series as well. It looks like it's going to be the 108K, which is now the golden ticket race, as opposed to the 75K, which has traditionally been the more competitive race, as I said. Uh, and so in all likelihood, this longer race now, the 108K will likely be the more competitive race as people battle for those golden ticket uh, entries into the Western States 100. But again, I would definitely recommend Templier to anybody listening to the program right now. Check it out on the internet. And it's really cool that that's going to be part of the golden yeah. ticket series. I think it's important to note there too, right? That all the races now that are quali that are, that are golden ticket races are a hundred K or longer, um, including 200, 100, 100 plus mile races, yeah. um, with the, I think significant removal of Lake Sonoma 50 mile, yeah. which has held on for years as the only 50 mile golden ticket race, 
um, on the schedule. And I think that they are working on a hundred K in, in effect to earn that back, but it'll be in the inaugural event this fall, um, for that. So I think that that is probably why that they did not get the nod, um, this year, but that is a big removal from the U S traditionally a super competitive April 50 mile in the U S in part because it's a golden ticket race. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that affects and impacts that race being left off the golden ticket series for the 2022 season. Thank you for mentioning that. I think that is a really important thing to mention as part of this new chapter of the golden ticket uh, races and just having 100 mile qualifiers. I mean, that's a really cool new novel thing that I think will play into the hands of some people who maybe don't have the speed necessary to compete for a top two position at a race like Terrawera, but have the speed or the the strength and, and mountain chops at a race like UTMB where they could earn a golden ticket race or a golden ticket entry. So yeah. awesome stuff. It's uh, again, a, a, a step forward. I'm sure there's going to be growing pains and learning experiences. And I'm sure there'll be people who are critical of this new decision and this new direction by the Western States 100, but it's uh, it's an interesting development. I think a positive development and it'll be make for some really exciting races starting at UTMB in just a couple of weeks. So let's transition to that. Now, Corinne, I've been wanting to talk to you about UTMB now for several weeks. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about. These races are, as they always are, top to bottom, world-class competition. Every single race on its own is world-class. And let's start with UTMB. Um, How do you want to do this? You want to like maybe talk about the women's field first and then we can go to the men? Yeah, it's kind of naturally down the the UTMB webpage (laughs) where the women are listed. Ladies first. Yeah, Um, Yeah. And I will note too, like I am pulling off of like the UTMB list right now. And and you have people like me and Caitlin Gerben who are still out with injury, but are still listed on this list. We've got people like Sabrina Stanley who just ran hard rock. So I think there's a lot of question marks on this list of, of who is healthy, who is actually going to toe the line or who's going to drop down because elites do have the flexibility to move into another race. Um, you know, and there are some people who might not be traveling because it might be harder to get out of their country. I'm thinking of the Chinese athletes. I'm thinking of our UK athletes, people who are coming from countries who have much higher restrictions on travel. Um, our Canadian athletes, maybe like someone like um, Alyssa McDonald, who's on, who's on this list, who we haven't seen race in a little bit. I think that you know there are some question marks there as as to who is going to make it to this start line a little bit still. Um, but year after year after year, once again, this is still a, an insanely competitive race. Um, we've got a number of athletes who raced, um, Western States, including Beth Pascal, the 2021 Western States female champion. Um, you've got Courtney DeWalter who just raced and dropped out of hard rock, who is the 2019 UTMB champion, the defending champion, defending champion, and a person who I don't think had her best race at that UTMB and still, and still won. You've got um, Brittany uh, Peterson coming off of Western States. You've got Emily Hoggood coming off of Western States. You've got Ragna DeBots coming off of Western States. So you've got that kind of crew coming off of Western States. Um, and then you have people like Katie Scheid, who we do not give enough kudos to in the US, although she is an American living in France. Um, you know, she had an exceptional 
100 mile debut at the last edition of UTMB. And I think we will see much, much more from her. We've got question marks around people like Camille Heron. We've got Mimi Kotka, who's coming back from like this kind of, you know, dealing with, with red S and being, you know, kind of having to reset her body. Mm-hmm. And I am a huge Mimi Kotka fan. I would love to see, Same. you know, you her just destroy. We've got Hillary Allen, a fan favorite of both you and I, who I think can take a step up from TDS to the UTMB stage and do something really, really exceptional um, there. So it's like, I am just, oh, and uh, um, to one other Western States woman that I'm about to forget, um, Audrey Tangi. Um, is also on this UTMB list. So it's like the list goes on and on and on um, as far as talent and depth goes. We've got, and I'm still, I'm even in this list of like, just like saying names, I am missing women who have been top five in previous editions, um, including, um, uh, I'm going to butcher her name, Spanish runner. Um, let me see if I can pull it up here. Um Yuxi. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, top five uh, yeah, in the last yeah. edition. Like we've got, I so I don't know. It's it's hard to be like, what's gonna happen? Because it's kind of this perfect storm of we've got all these names. Um, we got people that we're leaving out of this, even who we, you know, who I've not said. And and then there's this question mark too about like what of these women are gonna get on the start line. Yeah. Just because they've they've already raced a hundred this season. Maybe they can't travel. Like Lucy is Bartholomew is still on this list, but I don't right. think that she is coming yeah. um over from Australia just because it's a hard, it's a hard travel. Um right now Kelly Wolf has been dealing with injury. She's still on this list. So it's kind of like there's all these um these question marks with yeah, like Stephanie heavy hitters Howe. that will get forgotten. Yeah, yeah. Coming, like just had a you know had a baby this past year. Um my team Maori of Spain as well, like another solid top five past performer. So it's like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm so excited for the front end to play out. And maybe it's like Western States, like Beth Pascal had an exceptional run um, behind Courtney at the last edition of UTMB. And Yep. I mean, I'd find it hard. And she she said she didn't have a good race either. So yeah. <laughs> hard I, to vote against her. Right. Yeah. I think the storyline in both the women's race and the men's race is the Western States slash hard rock champions if they're able to pull off the double. So obviously in the women's race, that would mean Beth Pascal and Sabrina Stanley, both of whom are coming off phenomenal victories at the Western States 100 and the hard rock 100 respectively, both of whom are really starting to emerge as two of the best athletes in the world. Sabrina for sure is like made for a course like UTMB. She excels in the really tough mountainous hundred mile events like the hard rock 100, which she's won twice in both directions. She's done the Nolan's 14 (laughs) twice. And now she takes her first crack at UTMB. And I'm so excited to see how Sabrina Stanley does though. It's only six weeks removed from a 27 hour effort at, uh, the hard rock where she ran the second fastest time in history. And then as you mentioned, She'll do what she needs to do is, is the thing with Sabrina. Like if she doesn't think that she is ready to, to fight for a good performance there, she won't. And that, and that's okay. And I respect that a ton about her. I'm pretty sure she will, man. I mean, I think I, I I mean, she's over there right now. They're over there training. Um, she's taking recovery super, super seriously. Um, 
Like I, I had her no, on the podcast and there was no hesitation in the fact yeah, that I she, know, was but she also too, but. is like from that team sports background where like their face is strong yeah. always. Like yeah. I think that if any, if, if for some reason she, she, I mean, she could drop down in distance too. She could do something else there. Um, but if she does not toe the line here, she is gaining invaluable experience being over there this year. A hundred percent. I was going to say that too. And she is going to be terrifying when she focuses on this race in 2022. I don't know what we're going to get out of Sabrina Stanley for the 2021 edition of this race, despite her being a terrifying athlete. And I, you know, say that as a, as a friend and as a teammate of her, but she is going to be out for blood in the 2022 edition of this race. So uh, I am looking forward to whenever we get to see her tackle this course, even if for some reason her body's not ready to give it a, the push that she wants to give it this year. And that will yeah. just be like, time will tell. She'll res- she respects her body so much that like, <laughs> if, if for some reason something isn't firing right, I, I would like, she, she won't be on the start line. And yeah. I, I respect that about her too. In this context, it's hilarious that calling somebody terrifying is actually a compliment. So shout out to Sabrina. And I think you're a hundred percent right. You know, I think if next year is her year to give UTMB a hundred percent focus, it is going to be scary. And of course, uh, you know, Courtney Dualter too. I mean, it's like, it's strange that she sort of comes into this race almost as an underdog or is almost flying under the radar as the defending champion. And as somebody who has been a transcendental figure in our sport over the last five years and who has incredible range, um, but who has, you know, all the talent in the world and who now is coming in with a lot of motivation probably after dropping out of hard rock just a few weeks ago, I'm sure Courtney DeWalter's uh, hungry, hungry to uh, avenge that drop and also to defend her, her championship at UTMB. And then, yeah, I think the the rest of the field is really interesting. You already mentioned many of the names who uh, I find to be fascinating, um, you know, characters in this year's field as well. So yeah, of course, can't wait to see all the drama go down in just a couple of weeks. So let's move over to the men. Uh, why don't you take the lead here again? My, my top line reaction, as I mentioned is okay. Walmsley and Francois, this is the story of the double Beth and Sabrina on the women's side, Jim Walmsley and Francois, the Western States, 100 champion, the hard rock, 100 champion, two of the greatest athletes of all time in our sport going head to head again. Uh, Corinne, what do you think? I mean, so you, so you, it's, it's like, it's obviously they are the headliners. Right. And, and in past years I've taken, like, I respect Jim as an athlete a hundred percent. And you know, I can't, I can't take any of that. I can't take any of his talent away from him, but I felt like it's taken him maybe this long to be in a position where he's ready for what he's really capable of at a race like UTMB. He's overcooked himself in the past in his training camps leading up to this race. Um, I think he's learned a lot and matured a lot as an athlete. And so I am excited to see Jim come into this race healthy and fit and ready to go. Um, you know, Francois just ran, you know, an insane UTMB where the, where the three front runners yourself included in that were chasing and pushing the entire time. And that takes a certain toll on the body at the same time. It's hard to, to, you know, ever vote against someone like Francois because he is just so exceptionally talented, but that might open the door for people like pow, and like Powell's, I think Powell's coming back out. Up, he's Powell's out. Is, out. Is, is injury? Is he? He got, he got knee surgery a okay. couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, so, so he's the still defending on this list, champion, but he is out. 
Yeah, defending champion on the men's side, Pau Capel of Spain is not going to be racing the UTMB. He will be there. I have it on good authority. He will be there. I'm sure he'll be signing a million autographs and just having uh, the best time ever. Getting uh, inundated by uh, fans and supporters in the streets of Chamonix. But Pau Capel is out, which I think is uh is a really sort of important thing to mention because he would have gone in which with much As more freshness yep yeah and so then i i think I think if anything though that door being left open maybe by Francois being not as fresh coming off of um hard rock as a as a real challenger to Jim is going to be people maybe like Tim Tolfson who mm-hmm. have a lot of experience at this race and I think is in a better mindset than he's been in past years here he did run western states at the end of June. And I'm not sure what his recovery has looked like explicitly. I haven't, I, you might know better than I do on, on that, but then you've got people like my teammate, um, Dima Mitieva of Russia, who has the biggest quads in the game. He is an absolute monster. He is a monster. He performed exceptionally well at TDS, um, in the last edition twice, of twice. Yeah, yeah. yeah, is insane. So this year he and Ekaterina are switching spots. Ekaterina will be in TDS, his wife, um, and Dima will be in um in UTMB. And I'm really excited to see Dima step up to this to, to the UTMB stage because he is exceptionally talented. He and Ekaterina are people who make me want to take my running more seriously. They are I was gonna say that they are so pro. And I would encourage everybody who's listening to this, follow these guys on Instagram because you're right, Corinne. They inspire me too. They take it so seriously. They're so professional. They share their the story of their training very well on social media, on the internet. And yeah, also very talented, hardworking athletes. So I'm really, really excited to see Dima race UTMB. I think it's a course that really suits him as a strength runner. Who's great in the mountains and who is as pro as they come. I I really think he's top five material for sure. Yeah. So you've got a lot of experience with people that have been, who have been there before. Um, you've got Jordy, um, uh, Gamito kind of down in the field there. You've got, um, why don't, what is the Romanian guy? The Romanian guy who's, he's like listed kind of mid, mid pack in this, um, Robert Hanel. Um, he, he surprised everyone. I think he was second in the 2018 edition of the race. And he like ran in these, like he had the best rain pants on and he ran in them for like the entirety of the race. (laughs) People are like, who is this guy? He had the best (laughs) cheering section. Like it was all these Romanian moms with like his face on, <laughs> on their t-shirts, like really, really cool to see. So I think that there'll be people, um, oh, actually the TDS, one of the former TDS winners, um, Pablo, Pablo um, via, yeah, he's also he, definitely in an, an interesting addition. I think his first hundred miler and yeah, defending TDS champion, he's, uh, he tied with Pau Capel at, uh, Trans Grand Canaria to win that race. Of course, Pau, one of the best athletes in the world and defending champion UTMB. I think Pablo Villa has a really good chance to have a great race here as well. And we haven't mentioned Xavier Thevenard who three-time champion he's raced it five times. He's got three wins, a second and a fourth in five starts at UTMB. And we just mentioned him. And the time he finished fourth place was in the 2017 race, which was probably the deepest, most competitive men's hundred mile race in ultra history. So Xavier also coming in fresher than Francois and Jim and uh, just knows how to race UTMB. And he's also won OCC, CCC and TDS. So, I mean, Xavier in Chamonix, he's in 
unstoppable force, it seems. So, One of the, the king. kings of, yeah, the, they, of that they the call him, there. They actually call him the prince, the little prince of the Alps, the petite prince des Alps. Yeah, so it's, yeah, uh, big, big fan of Xavier. And uh, yeah, it'll be awesome to see him back on the start line there. And then I think a really interesting potential upset or dark horse in the field is Jimmy Elam from the U S uh, racing in Europe. Uh, not for the first time. I think he had a tough go at CCC or something a couple of years ago, but comes in with a lot more experience. Now a super talented runner who flies under the radar. He won the bear last year. He won um, the Tushers hundred K he loves the mountains. He trains in Salt Lake city. I'm sure he'll be ready for his oh, first yeah, crack. Part at of that Salt Lake. That Salt Lake crew, that, that, Salt fast, Lake crew. that fast Salt Lake crew. And then you also have Katie Scheid's partner, um, Germain. Germain, yep. Germain in this field as well. And he is kind of like, I think he is also under the radar, um, but knows, knows this race well, um, has a lot of experience on these trails. So I'm really curious to see, you know, is he going to be in the top three? I don't know, but they're going to be a lot of these guys that we've mentioned and, and many more that we have not mentioned who are going to be sneaking into that, that top 10 group at UTMB and it's going to be a battle maybe of the the experience the people who have raced recently potentially this summer and the people who maybe are coming in fresher and I look at to that on the women's side too with someone like Hillary Allen yep. who she's been on the bike a lot this year she had a foot injury that kept her out of early season races but man has her training gone really well she did a soft rock at UTMB before pacing you yep. um I think she's mentally in a good spot to have a good race there too, but she's one of those people who she didn't do a big, a big race this spring or this summer. And so I'm really excited to see some of this freshness come into both the men's and women's races and just see what that looks like in comparison to the Western States and hard rock runners. Hillary's hundred mile debut too. And I think based on, based on my experience of being an observer of her career, I think she's going to be a really great hundred mile runner. Of course she was second place, at TDS uh, a couple of years ago. So fighting in it the whole time that that women's race was insane. They, they battled and raced the entirety of that nearly 90 miles. So this, this is not a big, this is not a big jump up in that sense, distance wise, as opposed to someone coming from like a 50 or hundred K background. Um, but I am, yeah, it's going to be yeah, T- TDS is basically a hundred miler. And it's that's hard. Right. It, that's a hard, <laughs> yeah. hard It's 90 race. miles. Yeah. 90 miles with 30,000 feet of climbing. So okay. we'll get to TDS in a sec. I want to mention just one more thing before we move off UTMB. You alluded to Jim's training uh, before UTMB a couple of years ago when after he set the course record at Western States, he went and did just an absolutely mind-boggling training camp in Silverton, getting ready for UTMB. He would be the first to admit he went overboard there, arrived in Chamonix with no juice left to tackle the course and the competition at UTMB. I looked at his training today on Strava and he's being very reasonable. So shout out to Jim. He always learns, you know, sometimes it takes a, a mistake for him to sort of learn a lesson, uh, but it seems that he has, his training is still very impressive, but it's not overboard, you know, hundred mile weeks, 110 mile weeks with 30,000 feet, as opposed to 140 mile weeks with 50,000 feet of climbing. So, uh, Walmsley has clearly learned a lesson from the last time that he attempted the Western States UTMB, uh, double, and will hopefully be coming in fresher. And if Jim wins this race, he rockets into 
one of the all-time great categories. I mean, he, he already is in that conversation, but if he takes down Francois on Francois's home turf, and of course it probably suits Francois a little bit better than Jim, just in terms of skill set. Uh, and he becomes a UTMB champion in addition to everything else that he's achieved in his career. It will be phenomenal. Uh, and then Francois, too, while we're on the subject of training, I want to encourage people who want to learn how to train right and for a long-term healthy career of success and longevity, go look at Francois's training before Hard Rock and what he's doing in between Hard Rock and UTMB because he really is a smart and consistent trainer, but he does it in a very unique way. You know, he skis all winter. He barely runs at all. This spring, he was riding his bike a ton. And then when he went out to Silverton, basically hit it hard for two weeks on the hard rock course, acclimatized to altitude, got that race specific running fitness in. So translated the fitness that he had from skiing all winter and doing a lot of cycling in the spring and made it specific to his hard rock race. And obviously that performance was one for the ages, one of the all time great performances, I think in ultra history. So to those who are listening, go look at Francois Dane's training on Strava. Maybe I'll put a link to it in the show notes here, along with Jim Walmsley's. So you can go see how these two favorites in the men's race are getting prepared for this year's UTMB. Anything to add Corinne, or should we move to CCC? Let's move to CCC because it's also not, maybe not quite the, as deep, but it's still pretty darn deep. Dude, I, I think CCC, CCC is going to be a really awesome race and I can't wait to watch this one too. Uh, so why, why don't you uh, give us your sort of top line reactions um, and I'll, I'll plug any holes that are left over. Yeah. So there's, so we're gonna start with the women's race. Um, ladies first, once again, I think that once again, there's some interesting things here. We've got Ruth Croft, at the top of this list and Ruth is a person, right? Who this is more of her bread and butter, that 50 K hundred K distance, a little bit faster of a course. Um, but she ran Western States, her first hundred, and it took a lot out of her. And I, I'm assuming that she is starting this race, but I don't think we know that yet. I think that she, she is over in Chamonix training right now, um, with the Adidas Terex team, but I don't know what her status is. I don't know that EO Wang is tra traveling over there. Um, Amanda Basham also has a young, a young baby. So you've got it kind of, kind They're of going. similar. So yeah, I know. Wait, uh, Amanda, Amanda and, and Justin yeah. Grunewald is racing on the men's side yeah, too. I, I, I know that they're going, but I'm just saying like, once again, it's like, these are their first uh -huh. races back from have, or not first races back. I know Amanda, um, just raced very, actually very recently speed, Goat. um, at speed goat. And, and had a good run there. So that, I think that is very, very promising um, for her. But, you know, new new parents, and that takes a toll on maybe where they, where they you know, could be next year, for example, is, is how, uh, how I'll put that out there. Because I don't think that being a parent is a, is a deterrent or an inhibitor. I have raced against many moms who thrash me regularly. So um, I think that that will only be a strength down the road, but they still have a fairly young child and you've got to to recover from that um whole experience but then you also have rachel drake in the 100k she's racing occ 
She's going to race OCC. Okay. Yep. Take it back. From Portland, Oregon. OCC. Portland, Representing Oregon. Portland, Oregon. So I've, fast. In, yeah, we just actually filmed like a training video with Rachel Drake. So a little tease for that. We'll be dropping that probably in the next couple of weeks here. Yeah. Medical she's, student. It's got a lot on her plate right now. She's just in clinical rotation. Now she's going for a second doctorate. One of those classic overachievers. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Who makes me feel incredibly lazy, but also phenomenally talented athlete. She's going to be racing OCC this year. And I'd lo- I can't wait to see her do do that i think that's a great a great choice for her i know exactly where she is in her medical school um stuff (laughs) so i know that like her phd obviously a lot of work but a lot more flexibility in that versus now she's in clinical rotations where she's got a schedule every single day where she has to be in clinic um and so that that definitely i think takes a little bit more time probably out of her day that had a little bit of flexibility before um do you know dominica of poland she is an insanely fast road runner um, she's done, she's definitely done some trail stuff in the past. I've raced against her at trail world. Um, but she frequently wins like the Red Bull, mm. um, wings, wings for life race. Uh, um, she's an insanely fast, like hundred K road runner. So I'm really curious to see this what is she can Dominica do. Stelmach. Yep. Yep. Poland. Poland. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Petite little blonde woman. She's got cool calf tattoos. She is insanely fast. <laughs> I've stared at those calf tattoos for a long time in a trail race before. <laughs> Um, she's insanely fast. The, I don't count the Spanish women out of this either. Yeah. Um, Ellie Gordon, super, super fast. Um, so I would, I would not overlook the Spanish runners. They, they always throw down in, in OCC and CCC much. And I think it's, it comes as a surprise sometimes, but they are so, so good. And then you have Abby Hall as well yeah. coming off of Western States and then going down the list further, someone like Meg McKenzie, who I think is in really good health right now and has been training over there. She's been racing the golden trail series. Um, I think that is a very South exciting African living yep. in Chamonix now. Yep. Super, super excited to see her race. So that's kind of where I think the, the front runners come from in my mind from totally. this group. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, Ruth is going to be really interesting to see People may forget this, but Ruth actually won CCC. I think it was back in 2015 and, uh, one of the things that stands out to me about that performance was Magda Boulay, who we actually didn't mention is racing UTMB. Uh, Magda Boulay, obviously all time legend. And, but in 2015, I think it was a year that she won ultra runner of the year and she won Western States that year as well and got second at CCC behind Ruth Croft. It was the only time that year that Magda finished anywhere lower than first place. So Ruth Croft has won this race. And after that performance sort of focused on shorter distance races until this year, as you mentioned, when she finished second in her hundred mile debut at Western States, Ruth Croft has also won OCC a couple of times, two or three times. So she definitely has the uh, talent and the experience uh, as a, as a champion in Chamonix to again, take the win at CCC. If she is not, uh, too banged up after her awesome performance at Western States. But yeah, I think, you know, not to add too much to what you already mentioned here, but in both the women's race and the men's race, I think it's really interesting. The American contingents in both of these fields and CCC of all the races at the UTMB festival of events probably suits American athletes the best. Um, and people who aren't maybe as experienced with European style racing, we've seen Zach Miller win CCC. We've seen Hayden Hawks win CCC. And so the American contingent, Claire Claire Gallagher, Claire Gallagher. Thank you. 
American contingent on the women's side, Abby Hall, Amanda Basham, Kat Bradley, Sarah Bard, men's race. We've got Jared Hazen, Stephen Kirsch, Matt Daniels, Drew Holman, Justin Grunewald, and I'm probably missing a couple of more there. Again, I'm on the list, but I'm not going to be running this year. But I think the American contingents for both the women's race and men's race at CCC is phenomenal. And then maybe I'll just mention a couple more men uh, before we move on and you can add whatever you want to the men's race here. But this race is going to be awesome. This race is going to be so good beyond the American contingent, those athletes I just mentioned, Jared Hazen, Stephen Kirsch, Matt Daniels, Drew Holman, Justin Grunewald, et cetera. We've got Luis Alberto Hernando, the defending CCC champion. And one of the true great athletes of our generation, uh, Thibaut Baronian, uh, from Solomon and Stian Angermund, uh, both of whom have really been focusing on the golden trail series for the last couple years. And Stian this year has been unstoppable. He's won the first three golden trail races already this season. It looks like he's going to run away with the overall win of the golden trail series. Um, clearly in phenomenal form last year, Steon won OCC this year. He's jumping up to the hundred K at CCC and, uh, yeah, just the, the depth and, um, yeah, the characters in the men's race, I think is really fascinating. Anything you want to add there? I am really excited to see, um, Steon race this race. Mm -hmm. I, has he raced a hundred K? Do we know? I don't know the answer to that. I don't, I don't think, I don't think he has, I think this will be his longest Let's assume race. he hasn't. That to me is really exciting. Um, just because he is such a phenomenal athlete. He's over there. Um, he's over in Chamonix training on the course right now. Um, my phone keeps ringing. It's great. Um, I think that I'm, I'm really excited to see that. And then we've got people who maybe either had or didn't have the races they wanted at UTMB or not at UTMB at Western States in someone like Matt Daniels and Jared Hazen, who they might be really hungry right now and they're pretty darn fit. And this course suits them really well. So I'm very excited to see them um, throw down at the front of this. And we're, you know, we're missing tons of people in this whole thing. Um, but I am, I'm excited to see this play out. And traditionally, sometimes there's someone who goes off really, really hard at the front of this. Um, and sometimes they hold on and sometimes they don't. And so it'll be interesting to see with a bunch of these guys with super good leg speed, what that looks like, you know, 60, 70, 80 K into the race. Yeah. So again, I think CCC is going to be up there with UTMB as one of the more entertaining races. But yeah, as we've mentioned, every single one of the, the races as part of the UTMB festival are world-class on their own. And uh, it's going to be an, an action-packed week. Corinne, I've got to start winding down now. So let's just kind of package OCC and TDS kind of together. Sure. Are there any sort of uh, top line uh, stories that you're looking forward to, to seeing at, at OCC or TDS or any athletes who you're particularly excited to see in those events? Yeah. So, I mean, I think I'll just quickly gloss over TDS and this will kind of be a, I love TDS. We both race TDS. Yep. We like, really we don't want to gloss over race. this race. Phenomenal race. Yeah. And I think it's the last edition of it. I think that they are doing away with TDS after this year is the no. rumors. Mm -hmm. I think it is too close in distance to UTMB. And so that they are going to, I think it is, I think this is its last iteration. Wow. So uh, we've, we've been speculating on things in this episode and 
that's interesting because of course, OCC, CCC and UTMB are going to be sort of the championship races at 50 K hundred K and hundred miles at part of, as part of this new UTMB world series. So maybe doing away with TDS will concentrate, concentrate the talents in, in the other three races. Yeah. So right now, like, I think TDS is a race that kind of sucks people in as maybe this thing that's like not a hundred K, but not a hundred miles, which I think is a wrong idea. It's very hard. It yeah. runs very long, but I'm excited to see a Katarina in that race. Um, I'm excited to see Camilla Mayfield in that race. I think this is a little bit, maybe outside of her traditional skill set. I think mm-hmm. of her as a very fast, fast road runner. So I'm excited to see her mix it up in this. Um, but it's, you know, one of those races where I think, although the field is smaller and tighter, I think that there's still some good competitive stories in there. Um, same with the men's race. I do. I did just hear this morning though, that, that Tom Evans is out of TDS on the men's side. He I was going to ask you, I figured you had the inside intelligence. He's having on Tom. Some, yeah. He's got an IT band issue and he's actually having um, a knee procedure done this next week. So uh, bummer. he, um, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, but he, yeah, we've got, we've got a little bit of an injury. Shout out to Tom. You know, I think very, very highly of him. I think of him in the same category as Dima and Ekaterina as just being the next generation of true professional athletes in our sport. So big shout out to Tom. Hope he's recovering. Well, the one thing I'll add on the men's TDS side is Rob Carr is the next name on that list. Yeah. Um, which I think is just gives us all the happy, warm. I don't know what that means for the race, what that means for him for the race. But um, if he is on the start line, I think that gives a lot of us some good, happy, warm, warm feels totally. to have Rob Carr on a start line. We're also going to have Seth Swanson, uh, who I think could do incredibly well at TDS and Tyler Green in the TDS field yes, as well. Tyler we're, we're making a video about Tyler too. We shot it this past weekend. So both Tyler and Rachel, we're going to make sort of training videos uh, about both of them as they prepare for TDS and OCC nice. respectively. And so, we have uh, Abby Hall's other half, Cordis, um, nice. Hall in in TDS as well, which I think will be really a really awesome race for him. He's a little mountain goat, so I think it'll suit him very, Sweet. very well. Before um, we OCC, go, any like, anything? Yeah, anything from OCC? I think the men's race looks really interesting, um, and obviously because it's a shorter distance event, the races are Lux. often yeah, and the races are often really exciting and really close. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, both the, the men's and women's races are going to be, uh, yeah, I mean, just some of the, the funnest spectator experience, I think, uh, of the week, just because it's a quicker race, it's a shorter race. It's a, probably a little bit more exciting and a little closer. It's going to um, be a fast and furious race for sure. I mean, the men's field is pretty insane with Remy and Hayden right at the top of it mm-hmm. followed, you know, you've got Peter, um, Engdahl down there as well. You've got, um, some Chinese Ueda from Japan, uh, yep. who's sky running world champion last year. Somebody who I have a big admiration for as well. Yeah, also ta- super professional young athlete. Luo, uh, Tao Luo out of China. I believe, um, he led this race for a long time in the last edition of it and like famously blew up and he had like one pole with him. <laughs> um, he has one speed and he goes really darn hard. So it'll be really interesting to see. Um, that's the tradition of, not a tradition. I think it's a characteristic of the Chinese athletes racing in racing in these European races. They go yeah. hard from the start and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And I'm excited to see how that plays out. And there's a lot of question marks on the women's side a little bit with some people hurt and injured, um, including um, Shayla 
of Spain. She actually picked up an infection 18 months ago in mm. Mexico and has still been dealing with this viral infection. And then you've got maybe American sweetheart um, down, down the list a little bit in Taylor Nolan coming over to race in Europe, um, which we haven't seen a lot of. And she's an yeah. ICU nurse, new ICU nurse during COVID. So I'm really excited to have her over in Europe um, getting to race. So it'll be I mean, it's going to be insane to watch. I'm hoping we, we all have our fingers crossed that we're all over there getting to watch in person. Totally. Um, but that's, that's the lay of the land. Yeah. Have you heard anything about anime Flynn? She's uh, in OCC She's in too. That. Yeah. I haven't, don't know. haven't seen her around for a while, but um, yeah, obviously just bought a new house. I know yeah. that yeah. Um, she's been dealing with some health stuff. So I don't know if she will be over there racing or not. Um, but I think she's in a, a really good place, like community support wise. And I'm excited to see her hopefully race a lot or race, you know, to her, to her act, to her potential in mm -hmm. 2022, but I do not know that she'll be making it over for OCC or not. Yeah. Well, Corinne, it's great to be able to talk about it with you a little bit. Uh, as you said, I sure hope that we're both over there. I sure hope we get to call some of the action together as we did at Western States. It's always a really fun time to be able to sit down and geek out about the sport with you. So thanks for coming on and uh, we'll talk to you again very soon. Yeah, sounds good. Have a good rest of your day. Thanks. Okay. Thanks for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed today's special episode. Again, go subscribe to Trail Society. I have a link to it in the show notes. The first episode again will be dropping on Monday and you won't want to miss out. I also linked to the Western States announcement of the new golden ticket races and the elite start lists from the UTMB races. So you can go look at all of those big names and do your own prognostication of how you think the races might play out at home. Drop me a DM. Let me know your picks. I'd be interested to hear. It's going to be so fun to be there. I'll have an update about what we are going to be doing in Chamonix for pillars, for the race itself. I'm not going to be racing. So again, what I'm going to be doing there is trying to spread the word, try to spread the story as much as I can. So keep your eye out for an update on that front very soon. That's it for today. Thanks everyone for all the love and support for what we're trying to do here. Big love back at you. We'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye.